Welcome back. Another brand new episode, Nothing Important Podcast with your host, Matt Reyes. That is me. That's me, baby. I did it, y'all. I fucking did it. I went on stage and I embarrassed myself in front of straight. No. Um, I tried to, I tried out stand-up comedy, man. I tried out stand-up comedy, and uh in my opinion, it went well. You know, <laughs> in my opinion, it went okay. It is harder than it looks, you know. You have all these thoughts circulating in your brain. The way the way that I do the podcast, or the way that I think, I don't like to plan out what I'm gonna say. You know what I mean? I don't I don't that's not my style. I kind of like to just like free think and allow the creativity to come to me. This being a new venture, me not being on stage in a while, you know, I used to perform live music, but um, not being on the stage in a while, um, definitely rusty, definitely an uncomfortable moment. Um, I wouldn't say nervous. I, I didn't feel nervous, but uh, it definitely was um, something I have to continue doing to find that level of comfort on a stage where I can, you know, go up there and talk shit like I talk shit to you guys, you know? Um, all those factors considered first time doing stand up, not being on the stage in a while. I got some laughs. I got, I got a couple laughs, you know, it wasn't you know, a fucking phenom performance. I did not expect it to be, you know, I, I drew from it, um, some things that I, I'm, I'm going to take back with myself and, um, you know, start beating on that craft because it, there's one thing about myself that I've noticed. I do have an obsessive personality. When I get into something, I get into something deeply. You know, I also am kind of like a, a jack of all trades kind of individual. You know, I have a lot of fucking interest. But when I try something, the first time I try something, and I'm, I notice about myself, I know what I like and I know what I do not like. And I, I left that stage with an overall feeling of like, man, this is something I'm going to do. You know, without the mindset of like some monetary aspect or like a goal of, you know, becoming a stand up comedian or nothing like that. It just felt therapeutic. It felt good to go up in front of strangers and just have the balls to stand there and just fucking talk. You know, I enjoyed it and it was fun. It was fucking fun. The show was shit. Oh, my God. There was a lot of people there that claimed they were comics for years. And it was, it was, I, I can't even judge anybody's performance off of that night. The room was just like, the energy was off, man. Started shaky, continued shaky. There was one comic, I forget the woman's name. She was in her 50s, a lady from, from Massachusetts. And she was fucking funny. She was on point. Everybody else, it just felt like the energy kind of like, it's a lot of like nervousness, apprehension, you know, um, Whatever it was, it just was an off night, you know, but that's okay. You know, that's going to happen. It's to be expected. Um, everything considered, I really enjoyed myself. I really had some motherfucking fun. I'm going uh, to put some work in this. And I'm going to continue motherfucking going the same way I do the fucking podcast. Anything I do, I want to put my motherfucking elbow in it. I want to put my foot in it. I want to jump into the pool. You know, that's 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 my, my, my way of going about life. I want to jump I want to dive in, baby. I want to dive in like some wet, wet pussy. I want to dive in. And I'll continue doing it. Very fun. If anybody is listening that is from Atlanta or will be in Atlanta on Sundays, there's an open mic. Great environment. You know, I didn't, I didn't really sell the shit out of it saying that today was shitty. 
was a shitty day, but I've been there a couple times. My name has just not been drawn from the hat today. It was. I was literally like the last one up on the stage, you know. Cue the conspiracy. No. Um, yeah, I was I was literally the last person to get on the fucking stage. And it was fun, man. It was fun. I enjoyed myself. I will continue doing so. I'm being repetitive. This is the Nothing Important Podcast. You guys don't tune in to listen to me talk about my fucking creative ventures. You want to get lost in my sick imagination, don't you? You want to get lost in my motherfucking sick imagination. This is a podcast with no advertisements. I don't have the ads yet. Coming soon. Eventually, they will be here to fucking ruin your day. To interrupt me talking to you. You know? Don't you love fucking ads? It's incredible. It's fucking incredible, man. I... I'm on like YouTube, like the, the the number one ad that pops up is this motherfucker Herschel Walker. I'm like, Jesus Christ, there's the, it's like the biggest fucking smut campaign I've ever seen in my goddamn life. <laughs> I've never seen anything like this, you know? They're attacking this guy like he's running for fucking president. I've never seen so, I, I just think about it in terms of like advertising dollars. All these ads just shitting on this guy. He's, he's a fucking wife abuser. He's a fucking knife-wielding lunatic. He has guns and he wants to use them. He's a liar. Just all this shit about him. And I guess it's important to tell the truth. But I'm like, every politician's a piece of shit, right? Every politician is shitty. Why is this guy the fucking exception? <laughs> what does he know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he has to have like some fucking JFK-level secrets. Like, he, the aliens came down and met with that nigga and... He knows something that they don't want the public to know. They, you know, they don't trust that motherfucker yet. He's not in with the club. Something's got to go on. You know, he's Tom Cruise and, and eyes wide shut, and he just went to the Illuminati ball party by mistake on purpose. You know, <laughs> like he was going on purpose, but he he was a mistake. He didn't know what the fuck he was walking in. You don't know what he was walking into. Um, if ever, anybody hasn't seen that movie, Eyes Wide Shut, great film. If you don't want to fucking sleep. <laughs> If you want to ruin your fucking sleep for an evening, pop that motherfucker in. Go find out where that's streaming. Check that one out, you know? But yeah, like, what does this nigga know, man? What does he know that the public doesn't know that he knows? That the people in power know that he knows? What the fuck am I talking about? Um, Yeah. That's a motherfucking ad that always pops up. Herschel Walker, Herschel Walker, Herschel Walker. They had his wife up there. Giving her testimony of being fucking abused. <laughs> I got to say, that should be the nail in the coffin. I'm not understanding why this race is even close with him and Raphael Warnock. The Raphael Warnock guy is like the fucking straight, straightest edge person I've ever seen in my fucking life. Straight, the most fucking white acceptable black man I've ever seen in my fucking life. <laughs> you know what I mean? How is this even close? Why do they need to spend all this money shitting on Herschel? You know, it's funny shit, man. Who knows? Who fucking knows? Who knows, man? You know, I get my theory with the, these elections and stuff like that. Sometimes I feel like they just like fucking. It's like a Trojan horse, not a Trojan horse, but it's like it's it's a it's a decoy. I can't believe Herschel Walker with all the scandal that he has. His wife going up there. She's being fucking interviewed by poor Barbara Walters. And the fucking wife, the bitches can't, eyes can't even shut. She has like that trauma response where her eyes, the eyelids don't even fucking shut. She's just showing all the white in her eyes and she's talking about getting choked out and shit. <laughs> I'm like, how does this guy even get to this position of like running against 
a very qualified Raphael Warnock. You know, seems like he's placed there by those in power to like fucking be the loser. Like he's the chosen loser. Because I, I can't really understand it either way. I really can't understand it either way. But I don't fucking pay attention to politics. So why, why am I commenting on politics? Is that an asshole thing to do? A guy who does not believe in voting. I don't. <laughs> that's how stupid I am. I don't even believe in voting. I don't believe my vote counts. I don't think if I if I don't vote that I will die. You know that whole fucking campaign that came out on BT with P Diddy going up there vote or die, or that bullshit. I don't think that's real, puppy. That's not how my brain works. You know. I think about people in positions of power, them and their buddies. They're going to do shit behind closed doors. That's just how I look at the world. Call me a crazy fucking lunatic. I think I'm crazy, so we can fucking agree on that. I'm going to disagree on political views, but we can both agree that I'm fucking crazy. You know? Politics is just crazy, man. So much bias. I feel like previously to this presidency, I already had my fucking solidified views on politics on politicians on voting on the whole sham that we call democracy i already had my opinions but after joe biden got elected and i got to see what this motherfucker was working with you know the ability to go up there with no type of speaking skills no competency the man looks like he's suffering with a bad case of the motherfucking dementias <laughs> he has alzheimer's he has something going on and uh, i guess his talent is that he's a he's a telepathic hypnotist that's what i think he's a telepath because he has most of america ignoring the fact that he's fucking horrible at the job you know even for people who are skeptical about the the seat of presidency and they think people are making decisions behind closed door behind closed doors at, at least other presidents are good puppets like barack obama did horrible fucking things when he was in office he got elected under the guise of him being some fucking Martin Luther King figure, you know, presenting hope to the masses and, you know, just this just like fucking black savior. And he fucked black people and he killed so many people in the Middle East, <laughs> women and children. And um, but he was good at the job of being a fucking salesman, of being charismatic, of being intriguing, of being put together. Of having some semblance of fucking dignity while he was on stage. <laughs> not like a Donald Trump who went up there. He was like, yo, I don't give a fuck. Which I'm not a Trump hater. I'm not a Trump supporter. You can't even say you don't fucking hate the guy. You can't even say that nowadays. You can't go up there and say, yo, I don't hate Trump. You know, some of the stuff he did was fucking interesting <laughs> to me. But I don't fucking hate the guy. He's He's been consistent. You got to say that. If you say that, though, people people call you a Trump supporter. I'm like, I don't vote. I, I literally don't support the guy. I don't fucking vote ever. You know? That guy goes up there and then now this? Like, this is crazy, man. It's fucking crazy. If there was like a brand new school being built, a brand new school being built, and the guy that was sent there to cut the ribbon not the fucking dean of the school not the principal not the superintendent of the district not the people who were the fucking uh the architects for the building none of these things none of these things not the the, the fucking 
board of ed, none of these positions. If the guy who was just cutting the ribbon, maybe he fucking was a philanthropist and he gave some money. If he was, he came in to cut the ribbon and his hands were too unsteady to fucking cut the ribbon, I'd be like, that's a bad sign. Isn't that a bad omen? <laughs> Somebody's going to die in this school, you know? Let alone the fucking president of the United States is literally suffering with the the natural decaying of a human brain. <laughs> he's, he's not aging gracefully, ladies and gentlemen. And all this shit gets washed under the fucking rug, man. His son doing all the goddamn shit that he did. Nobody cares. Nobody cares because people are biased. And all that matters is the fucking mascots. Is the I'm on this team or I'm on this team. It's just it's crazy to me. It's crazy. It's crazy. Everything's crazy. Inflation's crazy. Fucking politics are crazy. Ads on my fucking YouTube that won't allow me to just escape and not think about this shit is crazy. It's crazy that you get guilted if you, you grow up and you you, uh, you get older and age naturally and people guilt you for not wanting to engage into the political bullshit. That's crazy. That somebody fucking is, is minding my business to that degree. Why, why am I important to anybody? What the fuck I'm doing with my time. You know? It's human behavior in this fucking, in this era, man. It's what it is. And to a certain extent, you got to accept it, you know? What I'm going to do is I'm going to refine my motherfucking writing skills. And I'm going to put this together. And I'm going to go back on stage. And I'm going to make this shit funny, man. Because I got some fucking ideas. I was on the stage. I said a couple funny things. I was like, yo, I could do this. I could do this. I, I got I to gotta put work into it. I got to be humble about it. I got to be hungry about it. But I'm like, yeah, this shit that people just don't say, you know, it's just like easy fucking. <laughs> Maybe it's not that they're not saying it. It's just the way that they're saying it is just so fucking slighted or sugarcoated. And it's like, yo, for anybody out there that's getting money and you have to say things a certain way, I got no hate in my heart for you. It's the little guys. I'm like, I get confused, man. If I was a comic for 10 years, I'd be going up there for 30 fucking minutes just shitting on everything that everybody loves. Like, <laughs> everything that, the, the fucking identity that people make themselves up to be. This is my political party, and this is the candidate that represents me, and I, I believe in gay rights, or I believe in, you know, I, overturn Roe v. Wade. I would just, like, pick whatever that room's consensus was, and I would fucking rape that, you know? I would rape it and do the recent legislation. They would not be able to abort it, you know? Uh, <laughs> I would just do that, man. I would fucking do that. And I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to do that. Um, what else is fucking new? It was beautiful full moon today, man. Beautiful fucking full moon. The sun was beautiful today. The sun was fucking beautiful. I took a walk earlier. Got me some motherfucking vitamin D, some sunshine. And that's always good. That's always healthy. That's always fun, right? Walk around in public post-pandemic. Everybody's fucking still nervous and paranoid. Everybody thinks you're looking at them. You know, I talked about it before, but I can't say it a motherfucking enough. I think those two years that the government, the global governments that all shook hands behind closed doors and they were like, oh, shut it down. When they all agreed on fucking sticking us in our house and making us jerk off beat our wives and watch Netflix to no fucking end when that happened, I think it affected people. I think it affected people. 
top to bottom, the comp most competent put together individuals nowadays are crazy, just like the homeless people. <laughs> they are, man. There's a change. You could just fucking measure it. Just go take a walk outside and be around people. I don't know what city you're in. I'm in Atlanta. When I first came to Atlanta in 2016, I was driving to Los Angeles and I stood here for like a week or two weeks. The vibe was just different. Pre-pandemic, people were like fucking loosey-goosey and, you know, just feels like everybody's nervous now. And maybe that's what happens when you put people in a fucking vortex for three years straight. 2020 to approaching 2023, a fucking, if, if life was a fucking washing machine, we're on a spin cycle for three years, spinning the fuck out of people's psyches. All the, the things that have happened, all the things that have happened and people come out of that fucking cloud, that mushroom cloud of fucking nuclear hell, death and destruction, you know, fear. And they just, there's just like a, I my opinion is, is there's like a a mistrust that you know, the average individual walks with now, more so than in the past. If you're in New York City, hold that mistrust dear to your heart. You are not crazy. <laughs> if you're in New York, you are being a competent individual. Keep your fucking eyes open because homeless people are stabbing and pushing people onto train tracks. That is happening. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a city like Atlanta where it's fairly safe. Just walk around and everybody's just so like standoffish. I'm like, where, this, where the fuck is the Southern hospitality, bitch? You know, <laughs> invite me to your house for some biscuit, bitch. Um, yeah, man. Set the hose down. The hose is friendly, bro. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I'm I'm cuffed up. I can't be fucking around. But man, oh man, this is a weird place, man. This is a weird place. The only place I could liken Atlanta to. Is the prostitution capital of the world. Bangkok, Thailand. Um, <laughs> it's like role reversed. When you go to a place like Thailand. I'm from Harlem. Very common to see a group of young men in a corner. In Harlem. Whistling at some girl. Grabbing her by the arm. Yo, Ma, let me holla at you. Let me holla at you. You got a fat at this, that, and the third. That's common in New York City. Very common in Harlem. You don't really see that in reverse. <laughs> In Thailand, it is exactly what, what, you know, what's going on in Harlem, but in reverse. It's groups of women on every fucking corner. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Let me massage you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Big boy. Big boy. Like, what the fuck, bitch? And it's not happening to that degree in Atlanta. Might as well, though. It's like that without the verbal. Because bitches throw pussy out here, man. Bitches fucking throw pussy. And it is craziness, man. I don't know why. Some, you know, collective theories in Atlanta why women are so forthcoming when they see a guy that they're attracted to. Um, Because there's so many fucking gay people. (laughs) So many fucking gay dudes out here, yo. That when they see a guy that they're like, man, this guy doesn't look like he's gay. Don't care. It don't matter if he don't got a haircut, if he's dirty, if he's poor. Women will shoot their motherfucking shot down here. You know? It's crazy. I think as well, the population in Atlanta, it's like women outnumber men three to one. That has to do something. Just like a lot of competition for them. Just like, you know, women are, you know, little tip for men out there that can't get no pussy. Go to any area where there's mostly women and you will have an incredibly increased chance to get one of them. 
It doesn't mean that you did anything right. It doesn't mean that you're the, the most attractive guy there. It don't mean you're the fucking top alpha. It's just how women are. Women will want you more if there's other women around, if another woman looks at you, if it's perceived that another woman may be attracted to you. They're like fucking territorial cats. That's how they are. That's how they operate. That's how they've always operated. That's how they always will operate. So just go where there's a lot of fucking women, you know, if, you, if you're hungry for some kitty cat. Um, it's not my life right now, man. My life is about the pursuit of betterment, not fucking pursuit of happiness. I'm not chasing happiness. I know where to find my fucking happiness. I know where my happiness is. I go spend some time with my daughter. Nothing better. There's nothing better than spending time with my fucking little girl, bro. There's nothing better than that. I, I, I get no other fucking sense of joy like that in this lifetime. It's incredible. I love her so much, you know? So I'm not pursuing happiness. I want to fucking kill the old me. Can anyone relate? Can anyone relate? It's not self-hatred. It's not... Um, being self-deprecating. I'm not putting myself down. I don't think lowly of myself. I'm high confidence all the time. I love myself. I believe in myself. I believe in myself. I'm I'm being honest. So like a fucking bee. I really do believe in myself. I don't see myself losing in this fucking lifetime. That's how I feel about myself. But that doesn't negate me looking at my fucking current person and saying, that's not going to be me forever. Fuck that. Fuck that. I want to kill that guy. I want to murder that fucking guy and become the man that I know that I can be. You know? So it's a pursuit. It's a daily pursuit. It's an hourly pursuit. It's a minute by minute pursuit. It is focusing all my energy, not on chasing fucking kitty cat, not on the pleasures of life, not on feeding my fucking ego or, you know, trying to portray an image to anybody in this goddamn world. It's none of those things. I'm killing all that shit. I'm out for fucking bettering myself. Because wouldn't it be a fucking shame, man? I don't... I, I don't got to tell everybody. Everybody knows who they could be. Everybody knows who they fucking could be. And whatever's holding you back. When I was in my 20s, apprehension held me back. I just didn't go that final step. You know what I mean? I wasn't, fin I wasn't fighting to completion. I wasn't dying to complete... And I did away with that. I'm done with that shit. You know? Right now, when I look at the this version of myself, what I want to kill is just any uh, semblance of weakness. We are all weak. You know yourself better than you know me. You know your weaknesses. You know what's holding you back. I'm talking about me right now, though, bitch. I'm sorry. Um, I want to kill any fucking weakness. I don't want it in me. I don't want it on me. I don't want it around me. I don't want it. I don't. And I won't have it. I won't fucking have it. And I don't care if it takes me a year, three years, five years, ten years. I'm not stopping. I'm not fucking stopping. I'm not, man. I am not. I live in the fashion that the journey is the purpose, not the end goal. But I am fighting for that fucking goal. If that makes any fucking sense. I know it sounds contradicting. But all my fire and energy is getting to the finish line. That's what my focus on. But my life purpose is designated 
the journey is what it is. That's what, you know, I'll live in a moment-to-moment basis. I'll live in the journey. I'm not going to be living in the fucking future. I'm fighting to get to that place of completion and the things that I set out to do. But I'm living day to motherfucking day. You know, fight tooth and nail. Get stronger every fucking day. No excuses. Don't feel fucking bad for yourself. You know? So many ways to victimize yourself in this lifetime. Everybody has a fucking story. One thing I start to realize, and these lessons come to me in a uh, in a strange way that I could I could talk to you viewers. I could I could, the people that listen to me consistently. I could tell you what I go through, and you wouldn't fucking believe it. You wouldn't fucking believe me, and that's okay. It's not for anybody to know. I realize that now. It's my journey. It's my struggle. It is my struggle. What I have to fucking go through. It's mine. And I'm grateful for that shit. I am fucking grateful for that shit. You know? I personally don't believe I have any enemies. I don't have enemies. You know, there's always going to be people in life that do things that are negative around you, in your environment, to you directly. Whether that be subconscious behavior on their part. Maybe they're projecting. Maybe they're trying to work out their own bullshit. And they don't even realize it or they could be doing it maliciously. Doesn't matter. It's all your fault. It is all your fault. And that's why I want to kill every weakness because any thought that pops into my brain that makes me think it's this factor or that factor or this person or that person that is causing me anything in my life, I want that to die. Because it's all me. It's all my fucking fault. You know? Nobody... Fucking tap me on the shoulder and ask me to pursue anything that I'm pursuing. So whatever hardship comes from anything that I search for is on me. It's fucking on me. You know? I get pumped up, baby. I get pumped up. I get this motherfucker cocaine, but it's sober October. Um, you know how gay it is to go to a comedy club where everybody's drinking alcohol and order a cappuccino? You know how gay that is. I actually talked about that on stage. I hope I didn't insult the people too much. There was some, some uh, a, a group, a group. It was a, a guy, uh, a girl, and the third one, I'm not exactly sure. Um, <laughs> not exactly sure what she would identify or he would identify as. Um, it was basically like a, a troll uh, adorned in various uh, variations of the rainbow. That's Do not disturb on. Do not disturb on. It's late. Um, yeah, just gay pride the motherfucker out. They was all flagged up. I guess it's like gay pride in Atlanta. Um, and they was all flagged up. They was flagged the motherfucker out, boy. I thought pride month was like June or July. I don't remember. You know, like why are they doing that now? I guess it's different in every place, but they're doing pride in Atlanta. And these people flew in from Chicago Dressed in all their gay shit. One of their friends was, I guess she calls herself a stand-up comedian, but she just went up there with a f- folded napkin. With She wrote, you know, on the napkin because I think she heard the author of fucking Harry Potter do that. And she made millions of dollars. So apparently that's the fucking recipe. That's the secret, ladies and gentlemen. Not talent, not hard work, not skill, not refinement, not consistency, not discipline, not burning fucking desire Write your ideas down on a, a piece of fucking napkin in a bar like J.K. Rowling 
and you're going to make it. You know, you're going to make it, kid. Um, she went up there, and I was kind of making fun of them. I hope they didn't take it to offense um, too badly. But I was like, oh, it's Pride Month. I ordered a cappuccino. Is that, that, that's gay, right? <laughs> that's gay, right? That's homosexual. Because that's how it feels, man. I think they were trying to fuck with me. You know? He brought me a cappuccino, not in like a mug. He brought me like a clear glass, hourglass shaped, looked like a fucking half a lava lamp with a with a handle on it, and he sprinkled cinnamon on the on the top of it. So the only thing you can do as a grown man when somebody brings you a drink like that and they have like the smug look on their face, you just take a big old sip of that shit and you enjoy it. You enjoy it like you're a fucking white girl in Starbucks. That's what you gotta fucking do. You double down. And that's what I did. And I looked at him, I was like, tasty. Mmm. You know? I can be fucking self-conscious about my gay drink. I'm not gay. I'm just drinking it. Um, I think cappuccinos are gay. If you would have saw the cappuccino he served me, you would have been like, yo, this nigga's calling you gay, son. Like, <laughs> I think he want, he want hands. He want to fight you. It's fucking, I was like, this is, you don't, ha- I didn't see anybody with this glass. I've been here like four times already. I saw a show. I went to like three open mics. This shit, I've never seen this glass, bro. You brought this shit from your own fucking faggot collection. He got a faggot suitcase in the back. We we pulls out shit to embarrass grown men before they get on stage. Um, but yeah, I use that to insult the gay people to deflect my self consciousness for drinking a frothy um, cappuccino with cinnamon on top. Look like a beautiful um, bed of snow on the top of a delicious beverage, delicious homosexual beverage. Um, <laughs> I deflected that by making fun of the homos. And then I just didn't look at them for the rest of my, I guess you call it a set. It was really me just like frantically pacing back and forth. I really wanted to bring myself on stage. And I was like, that's what I do in my private life. I just walk back and forth and talk to myself. So I was like, let me do that. Let me do that. Um, <laughs> it's funny, man. You guys should go to like live comedy. It's such a weird fucking environment like when it's going right holy shit there's nothing better there's nothing fucking better but it's like when it's bad man like it really i went on last i think i did okay i don't think i did great i got some laughs nobody was slapping their knee there was a lot of silent moments you know you know i was just addressing i was like yep this is this is my first time fuck you and um but when you you sit there through like fucking 18, 19 people that are trying comedy and it's already like a bad night, the energy's not in the room, it sucked my fucking energy. I was like, holy shit, this is horrible. This is fucking bad. I tell you guys, I'm a musician. I play an instrument. I'm profoundly great at it. I used to go to tons of fucking open mics in New York City and Los Angeles. Playing live venues, all that shit, man. I really do think somebody going up there and telling bad jokes is more cringy than somebody singing a bad song. Never thought I would say that before because I hate, you know, bad music. Once again, relative and subjective, but, you know, yeah, telling people going up there trying to be funny and they're not. It is terrifying. It is terrifying. You know, before I got on stage, just having experienced everybody that went up and was like fucking doing their thing. Uh. I had many emotions. I was like, oh, this is not what I want to do. (laughs) This is not what I want to do. This shit is depressing, bro. You know? 
it's all funny too. Like people go up there and they talk about the roots of their depression. It makes me realize emotions are present in every human being, regardless of experience. And I even think the depth of emotion, it's all about catalysts that's different. And maybe that's what separates the weak and the strong. But people go up there and they complain about what caused their depression. And I understand depression causes like chemical imbalance. So they feel the same pain that I would feel in the times of my life that I had been depressed. You know, they feel the, the, the fatigue. They feel the antisocial behavior, maybe paranoia, maybe being walled off. All these symptoms of depression. We've all been depressed in our fucking lifetimes, right? You're just being out of it. Um, but the catalyst behind a lot of these guys' depressions, I was just like, whoa, what? 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 My parents were divorced. And I'm like, you had parents? What? <laughs> you know your dad? Um, it's strange. Strange. You know, it's almost like I think a lot of people romanticize in the pursuit of being an artist in this sense, you know, a comedian. People probably romanticize pain or suffering and don't really have the perspective to understand that they had not experienced those things. And I don't think that that's, that's a necessary precursor. There's guys that I think are hilarious that had good childhoods. You know what I mean? I don't think it all comes from like being, you know, abused and fucking growing up in, in a horrible environment. I don't think that's what funny comes from. I think there's funny and then there's not funny. It's that black and white. And maybe the people who have gone through traumas, have shined on the highest stages just because of shock value or like, you know, maybe, you know, deeper pains produce a more relatable humor. I don't know what it is. I'm not a fucking comedy scientist, but I just feel like there's a lot of people that, that they should just go up there and just try to be funny and not try to like dip into the pool of depression and pain. and su- Like everybody's going up there talking about like suicide. I'm like, holy, this is fucking Caucasian as fuck. This is Caucasian. You know, another thing considered, it just made me fucking think about it. Like, I did have a shitty ass childhood, but I'm 30, you know, and I was one of the younger guys there. <laughs> There's a lot of people that are probably doing what I'm doing, starting this new venture into a new creative passion, but at 45. And maybe I'd be depressed if I was 45 and I was just trying this out, you know? I don't know. I feel fucking older. I have no perspective. When I'm 50, when I'm 60, I'll probably look and be like, oh, that, that I was a fucking shrimp. I was a little baby. You know? Because that's how I feel when I, I think about myself with like 18, 20 years old, 21 years old. I'm like, man, I had no brain cells. I had no brain cells. I was like smart relative to my age, I guess. I guess. You know? I'm here. I didn't fucking die. But, um... I look back and I'm like, man, I was a fucking baby. I was a fucking baby. So, you know, in the future, I'll look back at myself at 30 years old and be like, I'm a fucking baby. You know, I kind of still feel like a baby. Once again, go back to the point. Trying to kill the old me and be the new me. Um, I am talking in circles, ladies and gentlemen. And it is late. And I've been talking for 35 fucking minutes. Guess what? We're going to call that a fucking podcast. For anybody who's been in continual listening to Nothing Important Podcast, I appreciate you. What I need you to do is to go onto my YouTube, go onto my Instagram, both the same name, Nothing Important Podcast with Matt Reyes. Subscribe to the YouTube, follow me on Instagram, like the posts, like the reels, go over to the highlight section. If you feel so fucking kind, 
Support the channel. Until next time.